Perioperative Strategies for Surgical Site Infection Prevention by Marie Bashaw and Kathy Keister. Abstract. Surgical site infections, SSIs, are some of the most common and costly healthcare-associated infections. Although the rate of SSIs has declined significantly in the past decade, patient safety remains at risk. Perioperative nurses employ a variety of evidence-based best practices to prevent SSIs and facilitate a safe surgical experience for their patients, including hand hygiene, preoperative patient skin antisepsis, and antimicrobial irrigation. This article explores the causes of SSIs, such as modifiable and non-modifiable patient factors, and preoperative, intraoperative, and postoperative procedural factors, and discusses some of the specific recommended strategies related to the prevention of SSIs that perioperative nurses can initiate in their workplace. All surgical patients are at risk for developing a surgical site infection, SSI. These infections can develop on the superficial skin and subcutaneous tissue layers, in the deep layers of the tissue, for example, muscles, fascia, in the space manipulated during the procedure, or in an organ. For patients, SSIs can result in pain and discomfort, loss of income, and decreased quality of life. These infections can range from a simple incision site abscess with purulent discharge to a complex infection that may contribute to a life-threatening condition and possible morbidity. Perioperative nurses need to provide care to their patients in a manner that minimizes these risks, because SSIs are not only patient safety concerns, but also affect the economic well-being of healthcare organizations. Surgical site infections are the most costly healthcare-associated infections, HAIs, and can lead to an increased hospital length of stay by three to four days per occurrence. This increases the hospital bill by an additional cost of $10,375 per occurrence. When annualized, this results in a cost burden of $16.6 billion. Furthermore, SSIs are a leading cause of hospital readmissions. The 30-day readmission rate for patients with an SSI is 51.94 versus 8.19 readmissions per 100 procedures, and the risk of mortality also increases 2 to 11-fold. Perioperative personnel are involved in the infection prevention process for every patient. Surgeons determine the surgical approach to use and decide which skin antiseptic methods and products should be used to provide a microbial-free or microbial-reduced surgical field. When the appropriate skin antisepsis is implemented, the risk for an SSI or other HAI may be reduced. Perioperative personnel create and maintain the sterile field and perform the skin preparation. After the perioperative nurse or designee completes the antimicrobial cleansing of the surgical site, the scrub team members drape the surgical area with sterile towels and sheets to provide a sterile area for execution of the surgical procedure. Factors Affecting SSI Development Several studies indicate that SSIs are one of the most common types of HAIs. These infections have been reported to comprise 20-31% to 31% of all HAIs among hospitalized patients. The World Health Organization indicates that antimicrobial resistance is a significant factor in the development of an SSI, 
nearly 60% of microorganisms isolated from infected surgical incisions exhibit a pattern of antimicrobial resistance. Approximately half of all SSIs can be prevented using evidence-based interventions. Although the rate of SSIs has declined significantly from 2008 to 2017, patient safety remains at risk. Specific risk factors for SSIs are related to both patient factors and process or procedural factors. Patient factors include non-modifiable variables, such as sex, age, and previous skin or soft tissue infection, and modifiable variables, such as underlying health state and lifestyle behaviors, glycemic control, diabetic status, dyspnea and alcohol and smoking status, obesity, and immunosuppression. Lifestyle behaviors, including substance abuse, that is, alcohol, tobacco, and illicit drug use, diet, and exercise, play a major role in the development of SSIs. Procedural factors. Procedural factors also may influence SSI development and may occur before, during, or after a procedure. Preoperative procedural factors include preoperative bathing, surgical hand hygiene, hair removal, and antibiotic prophylaxis. At a minimum, preoperative bathing should consist of a full-body wash using antimicrobial soap the night before the planned surgery. Hand hygiene with soap and water or with hand sanitizer should be performed before and after each encounter with the patient. Hair removal at the surgical site should occur before entering the operating suite. Administration of the appropriate antibiotic should occur so that the peak efficacy of the medication is in the patient's tissues and bloodstream immediately before incision. Intraoperative procedural factors affecting SSI development include surgical attire, hand scrubbing, the specific surgical procedure, wound classification, the duration and complexity of the surgical procedure, the surgical technique, for example, open versus laparoscopic, the use of antimicrobial sutures, and the type of anesthesia. Perioperative personnel should wear clean surgical attire daily, top should fit close to the body, or be tucked into the pants. Personnel should completely cover their personal clothing with a scrub attire, and when they are in the restricted area of the surgical suite, they should cover their arms with a long-sleeved jacket that snaps or buttons closed. A study by Markle and others suggests that long sleeves contain the skin cells and detritus that are naturally shed from bare skin. Additional contributing factors to the development of an SSI include the number of personnel involved with the procedure present in the operating suite and the type of microorganism and the path of transmission. When the number of personnel in the perioperative suite increases, the number of foreign pathogens also increases. Further, each time the perioperative team members open the OR doors during a surgical procedure, air turbulence increases, moving pathogens through the air and escalating the risk of exposing the incision site to these pathogens. Although patients have their own unique normal flora and pathogens, perioperative nurses must protect them from other outside pathogens. When surgeons make a skin incision, they create a portal for entry of foreign microbes into the patient that can attack the patient's immune system and cause an SSI. Postoperative procedural variables include oxygenation, hemostasis, 
glycemic control, and postoperative incision management. Studies have found that increasing the fraction of inspired oxygen during surgery and in the immediate postoperative phase in patients with normal pulmonary functions reduces the risk of an SSI. Evidence-based practice recommends for prevention of SSI include maintaining preoperative glycemic control with target levels less than 200 mg per deciliter for all patients, both diabetic and non-diabetic. Finally, antimicrobial powders, fluids, and gels should not be applied to the incision area in an effort to reduce SSIs. When foreign substances are applied to the incisional area, there is an increased risk of introduction of other microbial flora that can cause an SSI. Strategies to Prevent SSIs Bacteria frequently associated with SSIs include Staphylococcus aureus, coagulus-negative staphylococci, Enterococcus spp, and Escherichia coli. These pathogens can be transferred via direct or indirect contact. Perioperative personnel may inadvertently touch door handles, surgical patient carts, computer keyboards, or any other equipment in the operating suite and transfer any microbial contaminants that are on those items to the patient. Therefore, hand hygiene is of paramount importance when working with a perioperative patient. Perioperative personnel should wear latex-free gloves whenever contact with the patient's mucous membranes or skin is anticipated. Before downing unsterile gloves, personnel should apply an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. At the end of the patient contact, perioperative personnel should remove their gloves and complete hand hygiene either with an alcohol-based hand sanitizer or via traditional hand washing. If the patient is on contact precautions, additional hand hygiene measures, for example, washing hands with soap and water, may be needed. Hand hygiene practices reduce the risk of endogenous organism transmission from the patient and exogenous organism transmission from other patients, the healthcare team, and the OR environment. In addition to the risk of infection posed by non-scrub team members, there also is a risk for transmission of microbes through the sterile gloves of any surgical team member that may cause an infection. Current evidence supports surgical hand scrubs, preferably brushless, and double gloving. Brushless hand scrubbing techniques reduce the instance of microscopic cuts on the dermis and the excessive defoliation of skin cells while cleansing the skin surface of pathogens. Perioperative team members completing surgical hand scrubs with a brush should use running water, an antimicrobial scrub agent, and a non-abrasive sponge for a minimum of three to five minutes. Surgical gowns can also become contaminated during surgical procedures. Bible and others conducted a study in which they cultured sterile gowns every six inches, beginning 18 inches from the ground, and found contamination at all sites at a rate of 6 to 48 percent. They also found that the area between the chest and the operative field had the lowest rate of contamination. All other areas of the gown, including the elbow creases, should avoid touching the sterile field as much as possible. Further, scrubbed perioperative personnel should change their gowns when they notice they have become heavily soiled with blood or other bodily fluids during the procedure. Surgical gowns can become a source of contamination when the gown's sleeves and torso become saturated after prolonged exposure to fluids. 
the wet areas of the gown provide a vehicle for microbial contaminants to move from the team member to the sterile field. Finally, nasal cavities also were found to be sources of infection for cardiac, orthopedic, abdominal, and spinal surgery patients. A study by Kalmeyer about the use of mupuris in nasal ointment from admission through postoperative day one, compared with a placebo, did not show a statistically significant reduction in the rate of SSIs. However, topical applications of this ointment reduced the microbial count, and when patients touched their mouths and noses, there were fewer pathogens present to transfer to the incisional areas. Surgical site antiseptics used for skin preparation. When perioperative nurses prepare the surgical site with the approved skin antiseptic using aseptic technique, microbial contamination of the site can be reduced. Historically, perioperative nurses decontaminated the skin using povidone iodine, PI, based scrubs and paint solutions. However, this surgical preparation did not eliminate SSIs. A meta-analysis conducted by Lefebvre and others did not support scrubbing, then painting, or painting alone for skin preparation. Neither was statistically significant for a reduction in SSI rates. Kunkel and others conducted a randomized controlled trial comparing PI and chlorhexidine glutinate, CHG. The results of this study demonstrated a seven times greater incidence of positive cultures with PI versus the CHG group. Subsequent evidence showed that antiseptic-based liquids, such as CHG in a 2% impregnated cloth or 4% solution, were successful in decontaminating the skin against a broad array of pathogens. Additionally, preoperative bathing with 2% CHG impregnated cloths increased the CHG concentration to a level that inhibits or kills skin contaminants, for example, asorius. During a total body skin cleansing, the patient's own external normal flora is reduced, thereby decreasing the risk of an SSI. The residual efficacy of CHG is increased by repeated application during the preoperative bath or shower, followed by skin preparation with a product containing CHG. However, the evidence regarding the use of CHG washcloths is not conclusive as to whether the antiseptic benefits for SSI prevention outweigh the risks of skin rash, allergic reaction, or skin dryness. Additionally, continued use of CHG could kill beneficial bacteria as well as trigger resistance in harmful bacteria. Recent evidence advocates for dual-agent skin antiseptics, for example, CHG and PI, rather than a single agent. Antiseptic agents in combination with alcohol were found to be the most effective in reducing skin contaminants. A literature review by Privtera showed that skin preps that include a combination of CHG and alcohol are effective because the alcohol is fast-acting and the CHG provides a longer residual effect for the reduction of microbes. Perioperative personnel should always follow the manufacturer's instructions for application of the skin antiseptic. This is extremely important when a combination of alcohol-based skin antiseptics is used because of the flammability of alcohol. No current studies were found in which povidone iodine and alcohol were used as dual agents. It is important for perioperative personnel to note the remaining need for well-designed and powered comparative studies of skin solutions containing povidone iodine plus alcohol 
and CHG plus alcohol. Antimicrobial irrigation. Another method that perioperative team members should consider using to reduce the risk of SSIs is antimicrobial irrigation. Surgical lavage has several benefits to combat SSIs. First, surgical lavage will remove any superficial or organ space contamination that has occurred during the surgical procedure, which will aid in the healing process. Second, irrigating the incision site allows for a final examination of the area before closure, thereby enabling the surgeon to address any small bleeding vessels. Finally, irrigation hydrates the tissue, further aiding in the healing process. The perioperative nurse prepares the irrigation solution following strict aseptic technique or preferably obtains the antimicrobial irrigation from the pharmacy where it can be compounded in a sterile hood. When surgeons cut through the skin at the beginning of a procedure, bacteria residing in the skin layers may be transferred to the surgical incision site. Irrigation fluids that contain antimicrobial agents can help decrease microbial contamination of both the skin and the surgical site and aid in the removal of surface and deep incisional contaminants, which reduces bioburden and facilitates healing. Surgeons may request irrigations that include regular normal saline or normal saline with an antimicrobial or antibiotic added. Antimicrobials that can be added to normal saline include PI and 0.5 CHG solutions. However, each irrigant comes with risks and benefits. Thorhexidine glutinate has the added benefit of both an inhibitory and bactericidal effect on the tissues and implants, and is becoming the irrigant of choice for surgical lavage. Additional studies need to be conducted to determine the clinical efficacy of using CHG for irrigation, but initial studies have been promising. Perioperative nurses should be aware of the different types of dispensing systems available for the various antiseptic agents, regardless of whether they are used for preoperative skin antisepsis or intraoperative irrigation. Surgical antiseptic agents should come in single-use packages to prevent cross-contamination when multiple products are being used. These agents should be stored and maintained in a clean, dry environment that is close to the perioperative field to facilitate the timeliness of accessibility. Policy Development Each perioperative department should use a multidisciplinary approach to develop policies and procedures that incorporate the best practices discussed in this article. Working together, the perioperative team can implement evidence-based measures to provide a safe surgical patient experience. Perioperative personnel can reference the AORN, Guideline for Preoperative Patient Skin Antisepsis, to guide safe perioperative practice and develop policies and procedures to reduce SSIs in their organizations. Conclusion Surgical side infections are detrimental to the health and well-being of patients and the institutions at which they occur. Prevention of SSIs is an important part of perioperative nursing practice. Every member of the surgical team has a responsibility to the patient to follow evidence-based practices to prevent SSIs, including practicing good hand hygiene, preoperative patient skin antisepsis, and antimicrobial irrigation.